Welcome back to Conversations with the Rabbi with Rabbi Scott Hausman Weiss of Congregation Shema Kalenu. Today we're going to be talking about going back to basics in Judaism, especially the Ten Commandments. Rabbi Scott, as a young parent, I can't help but notice that it seems like our world is spinning more and more out of control every day. When we watch the news, there are really crazy things happening. And how do we guide and teach our children in these crazy times and help them just remember these basic moral principles that it seems like so many adults in the world, especially those with a very big platform, have forgotten about? Uh, Laura, that's a great question, and it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. I don't think any of us can uh, be living in this world right now with um, you know the inundation we are experiencing uh, with news, both local and national and international. And no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, um, it feels that everybody I know, at least, seems to be expressing a sense of... Um, uh, a sense of disunity, a sense of disequilibrium, that things that we had come to believe were um, perhaps obvious, perhaps something things we could take for granted, um, are, are not slowly but surely, but quickly and surely uh, seem to be fleeting. Um, and I think I would start with uh, a wonderful maxim from Jewish tradition, which is sort of the inverse of what we talk about of tikkun olam. So tikkun olam, we say, is repairing the world. But there's this three-part process that uh, our rabbis teach us that is sort of a stair step to tikkun olam. So the first is tikkun atzmi, which is repair of self. And I would extend that to you know one's family, right? One's immediate family. And then beyond that is uh, tikkun am, uh, repair of one's people. People could be the Jewish people, people could be um, your neighborhood, people could be your broader community, your school community. And then tikkun olam, and you know, repair of the world. With the idea being that you cannot repair the world if you yourself aren't repairing yourself, working on yourself making sure that you're taking care of yourself, your family, right? And then maybe the world's too tough to try to fix all of it, but maybe you can try to fix your family, and then maybe you can try to fix your community, uh, your street, um, you know, knocking on doors and getting to know neighbors, um, you know, reaching beyond uh, our small, you know, once we feel like we've established ourselves and made our families protected and ourselves in a good position. Um, so I think that's the first place is that, you know, when we look around and we hear the news and we see the papers and we hear the, 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 the constant inundation, I mean, particularly, you know, yet again, following another terrorist attack, um, you know, in Manchester, England, it, it does feel like things are spinning out of control, but the good news is when we focus first on ourself and our family then farther beyond, and then farther beyond that, I think we can return to a sense of manageability. So, you know, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about lately is this idea that, you know, that there just seems to be a fabric, a tear on the fabric of society, you know, and uh, things we took for granted that seem to be, uh, they're so obvious that they're part of the Ten Commandments, right? That we shouldn't 
lie and we shouldn't cheat and we shouldn't steal um, and we shouldn't um, try we shouldn't get lost in wanting what belongs to somebody else and we should stand up for people who are uh, in trouble and enslaved and all these things that the Ten Commandments talks about they don't feel like they're so obviously being lived out in the world but on some level maybe it doesn't matter in terms of what we can provide our children and what we can provide our families it's, it's easy to look outside and to see how everything's broken but how many of us spend a decent amount of time focused on well what's broken that I can fix in my own home, in my own life. So what I hear you saying is that in order to repair the world, Tikkun Olam, we need to start not with fixing what's outside of us, but really looking at ourselves and our families. And I think it's what's interesting is that what's happening in the outside world is really it's, I mean, it's affecting me. It affects how we operate every day. What can we do to take care of ourselves so that we can be the best people we can be and have the best families we can have and slowly contribute to the repairing of the world? Well, I think that, um, I think that this first step is always uh, this, the practice of gratitude. You know that, and it, I know it. You know, gratitude has become sort of a, you know, a a, a, a cliche almost, right? Because you know every guru out there is talking about it, right? And and I think on some level it can feel it can feel like it's cheapened because every time you turn around and there yet there's yet another uh, TED talk or yet another book that's being written about this idea of gratitude. However, I'm not sure that it's a that it's a subject that we humans have yet mastered. Um, and yet, but, but what's important, of course, is that it's, it is being talked about so much more. I just don't know if people really understand why it's important. Um, you know, it's interesting, the, the, the rabbis of the Talmud say that there are certain prayers, only a few, that will be needed after the Messianic Age. Right. Once the world is perfected, right? So we don't have to pray about uh, the redemption of the captive. We don't have to pray about the freeing of the sla enslaved person because the world won't have any captives, right? Or, or enslaved people. But the rabbis insist that at least the prayer of hoda'ah, the prayer of thanksgiving, will never cease to be needed. And you wonder sort of what's that about? I think it's about that without the prayer of thanksgiving, without the regular act, ritualized act, of identifying and counting our blessings, we don't know we're blessed. So back to the Ten Commandments, which you were talking about earlier, and these very basic principles that we have in Judaism to guide us on our moral path. We've clearly lost sight of that on a, on a global and a national scale. As parents, as people, around the dinner table or with our colleagues, how do we bring them, how do we bring back an expectation of morality? Hmm. Well, as parents, I think that the thing we have to remember 
first and foremost, is that our children are watching. Um, so it's a great question, right? How do we bring back the expectation of morality? Which I think is a, is a really important piece because it's, it's not simply that do our children pay attention to us when we tell them what they should do or they shouldn't do, right? Do they mind, right? Do they obey? Do they, do they, do they toe the line, right? All those kinds of questions. But I think it's a deeper question you're asking, which is, how do we instill in them that, uh, that soulful guidance towards doing what's right in and of itself, right? On their own, right? And I think there's, clearly, we parents are responsible for that. We're the ones who can make the most significant impact on how our children choose to live and what they choose to prioritize. And I think it has everything to do with the choices they see us making. So, you know, there's, we can talk a lot. We can talk at the dinner table. You know, we can talk about uh, the right thing to do. But our actions are more important. I think, you know, when, they, when our children see us mm-hmm. going out of our way to do the right thing without hearing us kvetch and moan and groan about it. Now, in Jewish tradition, we're taught you can do the right thing and moan and groan and gripe about it, and you still get credit for doing the right thing. But if we want our children to get it, there has to be a sense of, you know, you don't have to be if it's a real big sacrifice that you're making for the sake of doing the right thing, you know, you don't necessarily have to like pretend that you're just happy and giddy about, I don't know, having to give up really expensive concert tickets because someone in the family is ill and you have to be there for them, right? You don't have to say, oh, I'm so excited to miss this concert, right? right? But... I think our children do see and note when they see us say or an act with this idea of, yeah, I'm going to have to miss this. I'm really sad that I'm going to have to miss this. But doing this other thing, it's just more important, right? And I think that lesson that they see and experience, not as a lecture, but as a, I see mom and dad doing this, Mm -hmm. right? I think that, uh, that's, that's how it goes deep. So when we talk about the Ten Commandments as one, you know, a central, uh, central set of guiding principles for, for many, many, many people in the world, on some level, it's important that many people consider the lessons of the Ten Commandments something that we can take for granted. Everybody gets it. But not entirely, because everybody doesn't get it. And we certainly don't all get it all the time. So it's talking about it, acting as if it's a central part of what it means to be a human being. I think that's the balance that we have to strike. That's awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But if you want to hear more from Rabbi Scott, you can visit him anytime online at schmakalinu.com. And we'll see you next time.